Welcome to the Adorned Women Podcast. Our goal is to inspire you with new stories each week, featuring women of faith from all over the world and all walks of life. Through weekly discussions with each sister in Christ, we hope to give you a glimpse into who they are and how their lives have been transformed by the gospel. We're all in this journey together, so let's be inspired together. Hello, Adorned Women. Welcome back to the Adorned Women podcast. I'm your host, Alicia, and this week's guest is teacher, educator, and YWAM worker, Shimen Jomo from Cameroon. As you'll hear in our conversation, Shimen surrendered her life to God 25 years ago, going from a general knowledge of the Savior of the world to a personal relationship with the Lord of her life. Since then, she's taken on life with God by her side, always depending on Him to see her through. Something I really loved about today's conversation was how well-rounded it was. You'll hear about a lot of different aspects of Shimon's life, and I think there's something in there for everyone, something that'll connect you and make you feel like, yeah, that's like me. I know I found that to be true. My hope is that as you connect with Shimon today and hear about her life and her perspective, that you'll be inspired to take a step towards God in your own life. Maybe it's the way she uses her gifts to share Christ that inspires you, or maybe it's the way that she relies on Him when stressful situations come up. Whatever the case, I can't wait to introduce you to my new friend, Shimen Jomo. Enjoy today's conversation. Hi, welcome, Shimen. We're excited to have you on today. Thank you so much, Alicia. I'm very excited to be with you guys. Yeah, uh, we want to start off the same way we always do, just getting a glimpse of where you're from and uh, what your day-to-day life is like. So could you start us off by just giving us a picture of where it is you live and what it's like to live there? Awesome. So I live in Cameroon, which is uh, a country in central West Africa, um, near the coast, near the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, I live in the capital city called Yaoundé, and uh, um, it's a beautiful big city. More than two million people live in here. Um, Very green. My country is... uh, below the equator, so it's tropical, lots of rain. We have uh, a big raining season and a small raining season. So um, lots of trees and plants and lots of fruits. (laughs) Uh, The city is very busy. It's growing very, very fast because lately we have been going through some sorts of war, so people are leaving the war zone to come to the city, so it's growing, and it's very crowded and loud, <laughs> lots of cars and motors, uh, there's this transportation mean that we use here, it's just uh, motor, motorbikes, and uh, these are very fast, but also very dangerous, <laughs> uh, so that makes the city very loud and very... Uh, just very colorful because people from all over, from all over the country. Uh, my country is very diverse. Lots of ethnic groups, lots of different tribal languages. So you have that diversity in the city. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the, the 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 houses. I would say uh, we have some French-looking houses because we were colonized by France and also England and German. <laughs> so we have those old 
French looking houses or German looking houses, which make uh, our city a bit unique. So you will see that, especially in downtown and in some parts of the town. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful place to live if you like noise. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty crazy there. Um, so where do you find yourself in all of that? What kind of things do you have um, to spend your time on uh, day to day, whether it's work or family or just being out and about? What kind of things do you do? Uh, so oh, I take um, a lot of time helping my family because I live in a kind of like a family um living situation. I live with my mom and my adopted daughter, Manuela. She's 13 years old. And right now I have um, a German girl living with us too. She is an exchange student from Germany. She's with us for one year. She's been here already five months. Um, and two older nieces and one uncle, <laughs> so lots of family around. So I uh, use a lot of time just organizing the house because I, I want to help my mom with that. My dad passed away two years ago and she's pretty busy with a lot of family things that she needs to take care of. So I try to lighten her burden by taking care of the running of the house with food and house chores like that. So that takes a lot of time. I do that and uh, helping my nieces, I hang out with them because I want to um, influence them to be Christians. Two of them are not really like strong in their faith. So I hang out with them, I take them out. We, we have, um, yeah, girls time, things like that. And uh, I also take a lot of time. I also use a lot of time in my uh, personal activities because I'm a missionary teacher. I, I train teachers, so that takes me a lot of time to prepare for uh, teachings and uh, speaking engagements and things like that. And uh, I also like walking and uh, exercising and um Visiting friends, <laughs> I have a lot of friends and family members too. So yeah, the day goes by pretty fast. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about some of those things. But before we get to those, I want to come back to a question. You know, I love hearing all of these stories of testimonies, but what is your testimony? How did you meet God and how did you end up surrendering your life to Him? Okay, thank you for taking me back. 25 years. <laughs> so I was 23 when I gave my life to the Lord, and that was 25 years ago. And it was a journey, of course, and I believe, I guess everyone has uh, his or her own journey. But mine, I would say, started, of course, before I was born, like everybody. God knew me, he loved me, and he had a plan for my life. But from what I can remember, when I was 11 years old, my mother, who is um, very hospitable and she loves parties, she decided to for me to take my first communion in the Catholic Church because in my country, we have three main religions. We have the Catholic, the Protestant, and the Muslims. 
And usually everybody has to belong to one of those, even if it's in a nominal way, like even if it's not like very serious. So my parents call themselves Christians just because they're not Muslims, but they were not really practicing that. And my mother decided for me to take my first communion, and I did. And um, and then after that, I was 11 years old, and after that, I started going to the Catholic Church, where I didn't really have a personal relationship with the Lord. I just was introduced to God, and I'm very thankful for that, because that was like the, the, the beginning uh, of my story with the Lord. But I was introduced to Him as my Savior. So I, I knew there was a God in heaven, the Creator, and He loved me. But He was in heaven, and I was down here, so I could just live my life however I wanted to. I just needed to make sure I don't commit any big, big sin. <laughs> just never kill anyone. Just <laughs> okay. So I could lie and steal and do little things here and there, but as long as I'm not caught, I was fine. So, but little by little, God in his goodness and in his grace and in his divine plan started providing um, really serious Christian uh, people around me. So at school, I would find myself to be, be drawn to Christian friends. And, and it was wonderful because I, I could look in both of our lives and I saw that we were different. Even though we both we call ourselves Christians, but I, I could see that they had a very intimate relationship with God in the way they were talking about God. And I, I just knew God as, you know, God up there and I'm down here. But they, like one of my friends, her name is uh, Leo, and she will be talking about God as her best friend. And I was like, wow, how can God be your best friend? So those are things that God used to start revealing himself to me deep. And so I started asking. I, I didn't even know how to pray, but I remember somehow praying and, and saying, God, I want to know you like my friends. I want to have that kind of relationship with you. I want to know that I know that I know that I belong to you. Because then I started having all those questions about my future. Like, where, where would I go if I die? Where, where am I really coming from? And things like that. So, like, very important questions. And, and God just kept drawing his, uh, myself, my heart to him. And, and oh. <laughs> every year I would, I would have, like, a very good friend who would add to that testimony of mine. And when I was 23 years old, I came to a point one day when I, I knew that it was the day of salvation. It's so amazing. Like the Bible says that in, in the book of Revelation that God is like, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking, would you open? I felt like that day was the day for me to make the choices, and I did. Because I used to read tracks, evangelistic tracks, so I kind of knew how to surrender my life to the Lord. And I did, I prayed, and after that prayer, everything just changed. I remember even the way I, I would see things, the, the way I would be so sensitive to, to sin, I just knew that I, I was not the same person anymore. I, I started just reading the Bible and seeking people that were like me to have fellowship with them. 
So that's a bit, a bit of my story. Yeah, thank you for sharing that testimony. I mean, I love the part, I love the aspect of your testimony that it was not sudden. Um, some testimonies are sudden, some are dramatic, and some are miraculous, and those are incredible testimonies. But for some people, and this can be so relatable, it's simply going from knowledge that there is a God, there is a Savior of the world, to a surrender in your heart that that Savior of the world is the Lord of my life. And so I love testimonies that have that kind of gradual um, growth and understanding and then a change in the heart because that's such an important aspect of our faith. Um, so with that uh, testimony, you mentioned, um, well, I guess before your testimony, you mentioned that you teach, you're a missionary teacher. Can you share a little bit about your teaching? And I guess we'll start with um, maybe a moment that made you realize that God had gifted you with teaching and that you really loved it. Okay, awesome. So um, I was a missionary in uh, YWAM with the Mission Denver for six years. And um, at one point I had to leave the country because of my visa. So I had to be out of Denver for one year. And I uh, prayed and asked God what I should do. And I felt led to do a TESOL, which is a school to teach to learn how to teach English to speakers of other languages. And um, it's fun because I had the choice between Texas and, and uh, Hawaii, and I chose Hawaii, <laughs> I'm glad I did. That's where I did my, my training. And um, so after my training, God led me to go teach English in Asia. So I was there for one year. I traveled through eight countries in Southeast Asia, one of the best times of my life. Met all kinds of people and had many opportunities to teach. That's kind of where I, I, I developed that love for teaching because it's so, I'm so grateful because um, the people that I was teaching were so hungry to know the language. They were so humble and open and just, they, they gave their best to learn. So it was easy to teach. It's wonderful to, to, to teach when people want to learn. So I think that's something that grew that passion in me, uh, particularly in Burma. I was in Burma, in Myanmar, I used to be called Burma, now it's Myanmar. So um, there, the students, they were just so amazed with how I was teaching. And I was not even like a good teacher, I think, I don't know. <laughs> English is my second or third, I don't even know what language. But they were just like, oh, so that made me feel so so confident. They, they, they really helped to build my confidence. <laughs> and, uh, and it's amazing because I still have good relationship with lots of them now. And that, that was um, 12 years ago, that was in 2008. Um, yeah, something that I loved doing with them was reading through some books because I had to to choose. I had the choice to to help them read to to help them read with with one book of my choice. And one of my favorite books to read is The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And these were not Christians; these were Buddhist students. And but since they wanted to learn the language, they wanted to learn how to read. They, they were open to, to my choice. So we would sit and we read together and discuss 
and and I just loved it. We discussed what they they heard, what what they thought of what they read, and and it would give them practice in reading and in speaking. So um, yeah, that's something I so so enjoyed, and that really grew my passion for teaching. So that's one. And one second thing that really excite me excite excites me about teaching is the response also I get with my teachers because now I train teachers um, and I get also wonderful response from teachers. They are always so grateful and, and just very, they feel challenged. They feel like they have grown during our time together. So that really gives me um, a lot of joy and, and makes me want to keep going. So that's why I, I love teaching. I'm very thankful that God led me in this in this area of ministry. Wow, I love that you are using a Christian book to minister to these students who are just trying to learn English and you're able to use that and you know, yes, you you classify yourself as a missionary, but that action it wasn't necessarily, you know, some nobody has to be in missions to be able to incorporate um, things like that into their day-to-day -day opportunities. Um, so I love that you did that, and I love the testimony that that is, that, and you still have relationships with those students. And yeah, I think that is so cool. Um, and I guess that is kind of a way you've seen God working through your teaching. That's kind of an opportunity God has given you. But do you have any stories of maybe a particular student or teacher um, where you really saw God working in their lives through um, just an opportunity you had to interact with them? Mm, yeah, thank you. My ministers, I will choose one. <laughs> so, um, or two. So, in Chad, which is north of my country, in Africa also, I trained a lot of teachers, and many teachers there shared with me how um, the teaching just kind of revolutionized their lives. Um, one of them, I remember, told me, that he felt like a little kid. Like every morning he would be excited to come to school because, <laughs> because the way we were teaching, he has never experienced that. Uh, the, the teaching that I, I share with them is called Educating for Life and it's uh, a teacher's training program for a year. And uh, what we do is we help the teachers to understand God's heart for education. And we, we do that in showing them. So it's not much about just telling them, it's really leading them in the journey and, and, sh and, and, and sharing as we, we show. So one of the big things for us is to to show love and acceptance to the teachers because we want them to be able to show that to the classrooms because that's a challenge in the part of the, in my country, in Africa. It's a challenge for teachers to show love and respect and acceptance to students because they often uh, feel like if they do so, they will be despised, they will, be, they will not be respected. So they think you always have to be very mean with the, the students to for them to respect you. And, and that's a big part of our teaching is to, to show them that they need to be balanced. We can show the kids to respect us in loving them, in accepting them, in respecting them. 
So during our trainings, we really put an emphasis on how we, we treat our teachers. We just really go overboard in showing them love and respect. From day one, we just break all um, boundaries because in the beginning, sometimes people are very, uh, in my country, in Africa in general, there is hierarchies. So uh, like the, the school founders will not want to just sit with the teachers because they feel like they are too high <laughs> to do that. But in our teachings, in our trainings, we break those um, those ways of, of thinking. And we, we want everyone to feel like they, they have to sell uh, this, this, the same worth, the same value. So oh, that teacher in Chad, he told me that he never felt that loved, that accepted, that respect from teachers like his entire life. And, and that just blew his mind. That, and that's one of the reasons he ran to to our trainings. Another thing is the way we also use activities to to train them. So the the the, the full day is not boring. Like from eight a.m. to like sometimes we finish at seven p.m. and they will still be excited. No one wants to go home because they're just going from one fun activity to one fun activity, and they are learning. And that's what he said. He's like, I can't believe I'm playing. And I'm learning at the same time. <laughs> and we said, yeah, that, that's what we want you to be doing with your students. We want you to know that you can, they can have fun as they are learning. Learning doesn't have to be uh, sad and boring. So that's one. Uh, another story is with a friend of mine. She became a friend, but before she was one of the teachers, one of the, the founders that I taught. Um, after she she finished her training with us, she she was so blessed. She was so changed that she decided to make a lot of changes in her school. Uh, she is investing so much to keep her school clean and beautiful because those are two values that we really insist on during our trainings is that the teachers, the school founders, they need to create an environment that is um, beautiful, that is clean as much as possible for students, because that's something that we lack in a lot of schools here. And she has been really doing uh, everything she can to keep her school that way. So that is very encouraging for me to see. Yeah, I, I have a special place in my heart for teachers because they're just, they have such an amazing platform to really change lives. And the great thing about being a teacher who is a servant of God is that it's more than a life. It's like, it's an eternity. It's a soul. And so to have that platform and to see um, fruit coming from it, I think is such a cool thing. And so thank you for sharing those stories. Thank and you. I thank you also for what you do. Um, of course, now I want to switch over a little bit and um, change gears. You mentioned kind of your unique family living situation right now. Um, and, you know, we were back on the topic of kind of just things that have shaped you and made you who you are. So I would love to revisit kind of your family um, and ask you to share how you grew up, what kind of family you grew up in, and then what it's like um, within your family right now. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So my father, uh, I mentioned earlier that he passed away almost 
two and a half years ago. And uh, he had two wives because in my country there is polygamy. So a man can have more than a wife if he wants to. Um, but the only thing is that he has to announce it <laughs> from the beginning when he's doing the wedding uh, in front of the civil servant, in front of the mayor versus the mayor that officiates weddings here. So, uh, so my dad from the be beginning, he decided that he wanted to have more than a wife and uh, he did. Uh, the first wife has seven children and my mother is the second wife and she has four children. And then my dad also had some kids with other women that he didn't marry. So that makes a total of 14 of us kids. That's a big family. Um, it had a lot of challenges, that kind of uh, family setting, because of course, as you can imagine, there's a lot of uh, jealousies between the women. Uh, growing up, you know, my mom, she always uh, felt threatened by the first wife and with the first wife she felt threatened by the second wife. So that was not a good um, feeling for us kids because we always felt torn, you know, between having to be loyal to our, to our mothers. And, uh, and that was not even that bad when we were little, even though at that time it seemed so bad. But then it got worse, sadly, as we grew older, and especially as my dad passed away, and now we are dealing with the uh, inheritance, like sharing all my dad's uh, assets. That's been very stressful and sad because there's a lot of lies and corruption and things like that involved because of greed also, I would say. So, um, yeah, that's a very um, tough situation that my family is living right now. And that's actually a prayer request for me that the Lord will really intervene and bring his peace and love and reconciliation in our hearts and lives. Uh, it's been very difficult for everyone, I would say. So, mm. so in the midst of this, <clears throat> I mean, on one hand, you have this, joyful part of your life, this teaching, and uh, I'm sure your adopted daughter is also a joy in your life, and um, I'm sure, yes. yeah, parts of, parts of family life are enjoyable, but this is definitely a stressor, and I think, you know, all of us have that, you know, some parts of our lives can be great, and we might put the spotlight on that, but um, there's always something over there that we're struggling with, so I'm, I'm curious, for you, yeah. what kind of um, scriptures or, or prayers or um any anything? What kind of helps you have hope and stay focused on God and stay, um, I guess, close to Him through this? Yeah, uh, one of my life verses is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, for I know things I have for you, says the Lord, is to give you a hope in the future, never to harm you. That's a verse that I received just very early on. I uh, walk with the Lord uh, like 25 years ago almost, I would say. And that has always been um, like a, uh, a rock on which I stand every time I'm going through a difficult time. 
because the Lord uses that to remind me that he, He's got it. He, he has my life into His hands, He's in control. And even with what we are facing in my family, there are times when things are just so difficult and so sad that it's, um, yeah, it's just a, a, like a light to run to that verse and, and know that I need to trust God, that He has everything control. So I'm very thankful for that verse that God often uses to to just strengthen my faith. Yeah, and I think you you mentioned the word received, that you received that verse, and you said, you know, the Lord uses this to bring you comfort. Um, and I love that, that there's a person behind it. It's not just an inspirational quote that you go back to that gives you hope. It's yeah. not the words. It's the It's the God behind the words. It's the fact that God spoke them. And he gave them to you. And I love that. You know, it was subtle in there, but I wanted to bring that out because I love that. Yeah. Now, something you mentioned before this interview that I wanted to ask about, because I think this is something else that many women struggle with. Um, You mentioned to me that um, you really want to be married. And as of right now, you haven't um, found someone yet to be married to. Um, So what I would love to hear, because I know a lot of women are in that spot, is just what your mindset is, especially towards God. Um, but with that particular situation, how do you lean on God and how do you stay focused on God and hopeful in Him um, when you also have this desire in your heart? Mm, awesome. Thank you for question. That's a very great question. Because I've been praying for a life partner, for a husband, ever since uh, I gave my life to the Lord. So that was like 25 years ago. And um, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey <laughs> with lots of highs and lows. Uh, but, but I've seen God's faithfulness of through it all. Um, so I'm 48 now. And in my country, it's very unusual for a woman my age that is not married. And also that does not have a kid you know, like a biological kid, because I have a daughter that I adopted. This She's my brother's daughter, actually, but I've kind of really adopted each other ever since she was six months old, and she brings so much joy in my life. But in my country, so a woman my age that is not married, it's just looked upon as just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like we this thing, because uh, it's like there's no reason woman my age shouldn't be married because they, uh, yeah marriage is is they, they feel like it's something so simple you know <laughs> so easy it's so easy to find a husband but for me I've been on a very unique journey I feel like God has it of course he has a unique plan for each person but 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 really for me i feel like it really has a unique plan for my life because i've been desiring to get married and i've had uh, a few opportunities i i could say or proposals but i never felt like it was the right it was the right thing you know uh, some of my friends and family members especially my mom who are vocals and very outspoken, they will tell me like like in my face that I'm the one that is a problem. They, they will say, you are too difficult, you know? <laughs> you are too difficult, that's why you're not married. And, and because they feel like my standards are so high, and maybe they are right because 
a big thing for me is to find someone that is really serious with the Lord, that really has the fear of the Lord. And um, and also that I feel like God has really put us together for that purpose. And I, I, sincerely, I feel like I haven't found it. I, I might be wrong, I don't know, but I feel like I haven't. So, yeah, it's been difficult to have to explain it over and over and over and over again to people around me, just always asking, so why aren't you married? Like, even the, the kids that I teach sometimes, or the teachers that I train everywhere, that's one of the first questions that people will ask me, are you married? Uh, and when I say no, oh my goodness, why? What's wrong with you? Why are you difficult? It's, it's your fault. And so it's been, it's been tough at times to have to answer those questions. But God has been so good to give me grace and, and, and peace. And, and really, I'm not like, um, what's the word? I'm not depressed over it. That's a miracle, actually, <laughs> because really I should be depressed from things that people tell me all the time, especially my mom whom I love so much, and I know she loves me, but she is always like, oh my goodness, why are you not married? What's wrong with you? You need to get out there and find someone. And so once in a while I will answer and I'll try to justify myself and explain things. And sometimes I'm just so tired. I'll just listen to her and just let her talk. So I, I'm just thankful because I feel like God has given so much grace. But I have to say, this is that um, I think part of it is the amazing Christian friends that God has surrounded me with. Like my missionary friends and my church friends who really understand what I'm doing and why I'm waiting and trusting the Lord. They have supported me. They have prayed for me. They have encouraged me at times when it's tough. So I feel like God has used that to, to really encourage me because Otherwise, I don't know. I'd probably be, I don't know, maybe very depressed or something. But yeah, I trust God. I, I know that nothing is impossible for God. If that is will, it will happen. And if that's not his will, it's wonderful because the, the, the thing I want the most is to, to be in God's will. I just have his will be fulfilled in my life. So it's not just having this or that, but just really... Um, what he wants for me. It, of course, he knows my heart's desire. I'm not going to lie that I desire that, but I, I want him more than I want anything else in the world. So one side of that is that, like I said before, a woman that is not married is just looked upon as like very unvalued woman, but worse if she doesn't have a kid. So in my country, it's like, okay, we understand that maybe you're not married. Why don't you have children? You can just go ahead and find a good, uh, I don't know, a decent guy and just have children with, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to have children just with anybody. I want to have children with my husband. And that's something that they don't understand. They even would quote the Bible, like my mom, even <laughs> today, <laughs> just a few hours ago, she was telling, she was the, in a conversation, she was saying that even the Bible says that you guys need to go and multiply. 
why aren't you multiplying yourself? I'm like, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. I need to find a husband first before I multiply. And they don't understand that. So, I, yeah, before I used to be angry once in a while at my mom and at people who say things like that. But more and more, I'm really understanding that they just don't get it. And it's not their fault. They need their revelation. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I, I trust God. He knows what he's doing and he can do anything however like. Yeah, I commend you for upholding those standards and staying true to your faith, true to the Bible, what it says, because that's not easy. And I mean, I'm I'm not anywhere near that age or um, that stage of life, but I know that to be staying true to those standards for so long is nothing um, nothing to brush off. It's nothing easy. Um, so I commend you for that. And I'm, I'm so thankful that God has put people in your life to encourage you and, um, to keep you strong in that because yeah, that, that is what God is asking of you. And, um, my favorite thing you said was, you know, you just want it to be his will, whatever it is, you know, you have desires, but more than what you want, you want God's will. Um, and I think that that's what makes each of the women, I get the chance to talk to just so beautiful is that they just want God's will. So yeah, thank you. Now, the last thing I want to talk about with this, uh, with our time today is um, the state of the church around you. This is something I love asking women from all sorts of different areas just to get their perspective. What I'm learning is uh, there's something a little bit wrong with the church in every place you go to. And that's just the nature of it is we're in a spiritual war and we're in, we're full of our own um, sinful nature. And so there's always going to be something um, that isn't the way it's supposed to be. But I do, I do love hearing your perspective and just knowing um, what I can be praying for, for the church in your area. So for you in Cameroon, um, what, what have you observed about the church and what would you say kind of marks it? What, what characterizes it? Thank you. So, um, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord, like I said, 23 years ago. And at that time, I started um, going to a Pentecostal church because before I was Catholic, and like I said earlier, we have the Catholics, we have the Protestants, and we have the Muslims. And the bigger group is the Catholics. They can make like, I would say maybe 40, 40% 40 of the population, 40 to 50% of the population. And then the next 25 to 30% of the population is the Protestants. And that's um, with different groups in the Protestants. So Baptists, uh, Presbyterians, uh, Pentecostals. And then you have like 20% of the population that is Muslims. So the church, meaning the Catholic and the Protestants, they make more than half of the population of Cameroon, around 70% of the population of Cameroon. Of Cameroon, so you would think that uh, we are pretty Christianized, you know. You would think that people are really living for God um, because there are churches everywhere. We have so many churches. Churches have grown like, like in buildings, you know. There are lots of buildings, and even people going to churches. Um, and from what I have observed, 
also with things getting harder and life getting more difficult people are seeking for answers and and somehow they, they they feel like they can find the answer in the church also because of all the messages that have been preached all over uh about a god that saves and that gives uh and that blesses to to have money to have health and so people are running to churches because they are looking for that but then from what i have observed it seems like the, the full gospel is not preached it's limited in in a god that saves but it doesn't go deep to the lord to the god that wants to be lord over our lives so the church is full of people that are just there to receive from god to be healed to be blessed and all that but then you don't see the transformation in the daily lives so that's why in the same time you will see the country just being more corrupt and lots of uh you know just um debauchery and things like that which is very contradictory to the church the church growing um yeah so it's sad for me to see that and and something that is also difficult is in the pentecostal church which is known to be like the very um i don't know the very alive church you know they have focused the messages more on the prosperity side also just come to god and you will have a lot of money and you will whatever you will find jobs you will have whatever you want and also they don't go deep so that's uh, a struggle that i feel like the church is having but yeah besides that every sunday you will see all the churches filled with people and very loud and lots of that's something very fun i, I kind of like that also in cameroon is lots of uh loud praise and worship at church and very vibrant uh, messages so that's good but then the sad thing is that sometimes it doesn't go deep so um yeah I, that's also a prayer request is that god will provide like a revival within the pentecostal church to go deep the messages yeah that's what i feel like i'm seeing a lot is there's this hope and joy and life alongside this um this threat almost this um obstacle or thing that can take it down and you've you've just gotta i think prayer is our best our best weapon, our best um, offense against the enemy. And so I, I'm thankful you brought up that as a prayer request, and we're actually going to finish with that. Um, I would love to hear your requests for prayer for yourself, um, your family, and your country alongside your prayer for the church, just as we close out here, because really, when it comes down to it, that's that's the best thing we can do is pray. So, been wonderful. So uh, one prayer request for my country is just for God to provide solutions for the war that we are facing right now. Because my country has 10 provinces or 10 regions. 
uh, eight regions are French speaking because we were colonized by France and two regions are English speaking because they were colonized by England. So for the past six years, there's been tensions between the French uh, region and the English region. It, the English region, they feel uh, very marginalized and left out and things like that. So they have rebelled. And yeah, it's been very bad things that happen as a consequence. So just for God to intervene and help the government to to be willing to, to take actions to bring solutions, uh, lasting solutions also to that problem. Lasting and, and just, just and fair solutions to that problem. So that's one fair request for my nation. Uh, for the church, like I shared before, that the church we go deep in the messages uh, that it will not stay at the surface, just sharing about a God that saves, that loves, that heals, but that we will actually uh, disciple people that we are sharing the gospel with, telling them about the God that wants to be loved over all their lives, that they need to surrender their lives. And and also for unity, of course, unity in the church, because there's a lot of division. Um, it's always a big threat. So that's for the church. For my family, uh, I shared about my family situation right now. Going to, we are actually at the court, and yeah, it's just not very pretty to see just that God will bring healing, peace. He will give us the grace to forgive. And even me, because I'm I'm Christian and, and I need to, to not just say that I'm Christian, to be saying that I'm a Christian. That God will give me the grace to be different and, and to, to reach out. It's very, very difficult, but that He will to reach out and to extend forgiveness, and that people will also extend forgiveness and receive forgiveness. Um, that reconciliation will happen. Yeah. And also for the salvation, of course, of all my family members, my mother and all my brothers and sisters, and my niece, Manuela. And I specifically want to pray for her. I, I specifically want to ask for her for prayers for her as she's turning 13 uh, in a few days, in two weeks, in less than two weeks. And uh, yeah, with all the challenges that it brings, that God will just help her to grow uh, well, to be to be well as she's becoming a teenager. And that I, I would be a good mom to her. Um, that's for her. And for myself, uh, just God's grace with all the responsibilities he has given me within my family and in ministry and uh, with my daughter, Manuela. And uh, yeah, that I will just continue to, to grow in my love and understanding of him. And, uh, and of course, that if it is will that he will provide a husband for me, I always ask for that. I keep trusting him that he's capable of doing that, providing good, efficient guide. 
So, and uh, last but not least, he's uh, my provider as a missionary. I've been a uh, missionary for twenty for yeah since two thousand two. That's twenty years this year, and he has always been faithful to provide. So. I pray that he will continue to provide financial financially for me and he will always renew uh, my support my support group. <laughs> so he's he's faithful and I trust him but it's a prayer request. Yes, yes, amen. Thank Certainly you. we'll be praying for that. Thank you for sharing thank for those requests. Thank you for sharing those stories and thank you for sharing your time and heart with us. I really appreciate it. Oh thank you. I was so blessed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Adorned Women podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here, then follow us on our Instagram for even more great content all week long. Our handle is at Adorned Women. You can also visit our website at www.adornedwomen.com. And of course, join us again next week as we connect with another sister in Christ and learn so much from her life of faith. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.